good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Well, good morning, everybody. This is a red letter day for me. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to chapter 20 of Revelation. And uh, I want to be speaking to you today about Satan being bound for a thousand years. Satan being bound for a thousand years. So today we're going to be talking about Satan being bound for a thousand years. And as I go through this today... The Lord has been speaking to me and, and really trying to get me to understand some things. And it's not an, an easy thing to, to make sure that you're saying the right thing, that you're, you're interpreting things right and you're understanding things correctly. But I, I believe that I'm seeing something here that I don't know that I've ever really paid attention to before. That's not true. I've never looked at this the way I'm going to present it to you today. And I just ask for, for God to help me to be able to share with you guys today and be able to, to give you what you need today. I want to, before I go any further, happy birthday to my beautiful wife. Just uh, she is the, the most amazing woman. And I'm, I'm grateful. Happy birthday, baby. Amen. I, uh, I look at a lot of things and I struggle with a lot of things because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm giving you the right thing. And this, this position is not an easy one that I stand in, but I'm so humbled by, I, I, I wasn't thinking about this being Pastor Appreciation Month and the kind words, Jeff, that you said. I just, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But you know what made me so happy today is the joy that was on this stage the laughter that was coming from this stage, the family feeling that was coming from this stage as we were cutting up and, and just enjoying getting started this morning. And then the way that Jeff spoke to every single request. Guys, I don't know if you're accustomed to that, if this is something new for you, but I absolutely love the fact that we take the time, that we take the time to hear people. And that their requests are repeated back. That is so important. And I'm learning from you, Jeff. And thank you so much, man, for the job that you do. Thank you so much. Let's get into the word this morning before I start slobbering. Verse 1 says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. Now, how do we know that he would have the key to the pit? We have to go back and look at when the resurrection of Christ took place. He came out of the grave with three things. He had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So we know that he possesses, though he has those things, and he sends this angel with the chain and with the key. Now, I want you to hear me on when I say this, because so many times in church, when we use our churchanese language, I call it. 
We get caught up in saying things that are not theologically correct. And I want to correct us on some, something right now about the way we pray sometimes. I have heard it spoken so many times, I've even said it until I started doing some research. And that is this, how many of you have ever heard that let's just pray and bind Satan? Anybody ever heard that before? When we pray those kinds of things, we don't have the ability to bind Satan. I want you to understand that. We don't know the number of angels that fell with Satan. We do not know. We know it was a third of the populace of heaven that fell when Satan rebelled against God. And in that, since the early church, since the early days, by now, would we not have had all of the demons bound and Satan himself bound? And if that's not the case, then who let them go? If we did it by the blood of Jesus and the authority of Jesus Christ, and that's how we pray, then who let them go? It's because that's bad theology. We do not have the ability to bind Satan. We do have the ability to resist Satan. Because the word declares, resist Satan and he will flee. Now that's what the word says. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because we're about to see Satan for the very first time bound. Now listen to this. He laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. For 1,000 years, Satan is going to be chained. He's going to be bound. Now, as we look at this and we go through this, I want to make sure that we're understanding some timelines here because we're going to get some blurred lines and I want to make them as clear as I possibly can. And I want you to see what's about to happen. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Now, why is this important? Now, do we see any symbolism here? I want to show you the difference. Satan had Jesus killed. Jesus gave up his life, but Satan was the one who was fighting to get him done. He was influencing all kinds of people, and this happened. We understand this. Satan made sure that Jesus went into a hole in the ground. Satan made sure that Roman guards were placed in front of the tomb. Satan made sure that a seal was placed on the tomb. But in three days, neither Satan nor a Roman guard, nor a Roman seal could keep Jesus in the ground. Amen? And he got up. But I want to show you the difference. God puts him in a cell and puts a seal on it, and he's going to sit there until the seal's broken by God himself. Amen? So now we start to understand who's in charge and who's not in charge. You see, what we need to make sure that we grasp today is that we have the authority through Jesus Christ to resist Satan. We make bad choices, we make bad decisions, and we're influenced all the time. Media makes sure of that. But we have to make sure that we are standing strong in the Word of God. How do you resist Satan? The only way you can resist something is to have power and authority to do so. 
This, this week, something extremely special happened to me. I had a couple of people to come into my office, two people that, that are very special to my family. And during this conversation with a young lady, she decided to submit to God. And she accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. Now, we use this, this word submit and we look at it as a bad word, especially the ladies in the Bible where it says, wives, submit to your own husbands. But I want you to understand something about that word submit. I want to change the way you're thinking about it. I want you to understand that submission is not just being a doormat. That's not what submission is. Submission is a willingness to cooperate. Amen. It's a willingness to cooperate. It's a decision to cooperate. Now, for anybody that's a supervisor or a boss or ever had anybody under them, there's two kinds of people that we always deal with in leadership. Those that resist us and those that cooperate with us. The one that's always causing issues and problems, we love the fact that they walk away. We despise the fact that they walk up. But with the person who is cooperative, not that's a yes man or a yes woman, that's not what I'm talking about, but they cooperate, they understand the system, they get it, they know that it's a job, and it's not trying to fight against everything that's being asked of them. And they cooperate. We love to see them coming, and we love to see them going. Number one, we love to see them coming because we know they're not coming to beat us up, amen? But number two, when they walk away from us, we know that we have confidence that they're going to do what they said they would do, and we're going to get something done. And I love that fact. When we start to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, instead of fighting against the Holy Spirit, things will change in our worlds, amen? So let's look at this, because something is about to happen. Now, Satan is going to be thrown into this pit for a thousand years. We know that. But... Something else is going to happen because the saints are going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. Now, as we dig into this, I want you to pay very, very particular attention to what's going to happen. Listen to this. And I saw thrones, plural, thrones, and they that sat on them and judgment was committed to them and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, who is he talking about? Thrones. If we are going to reign with Christ, then we have to be in positions of authority. Amen? Because we're reigning. Authority is going to be given to us. Later, we're going to see that the Bible says that we cast our crowns at Jesus' feet. Now, why is that important? Because if you're on a throne, you have a crown. You have authority. You have a position. What people don't wrap their minds around is how important it is for us to realize that we will judge the nations. As a Christian, as those who have given their lives to Christ, we will judge the nations. We'll see that later. But I want you to listen to this right here. Because these are two different peoples. These are people that are reigning with God. They're in his presence. They're sitting on thrones. But... Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God. 
who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. Now, we know what we're talking about here for the first people that are going to be reigning with Christ. Those, that's the resurrection. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come back midway of the air and the dead in Christ shall rise first and those that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him midway of the air. Now we call that the rapture. That's technically in the Bible. The word rapture does not exist. It's a calling up or a calling away. Okay. So as we look at this, we start to see something. We're not seeing people. We're seeing souls. So there's a differentiation between these two groups. Okay. So now let's keep, keep digging into this because it says, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Are y'all still with me? The first resurrection is when the dead in Christ rise first and those that are alive and remain are caught up. That's the first resurrection. There's another resurrection coming and we're going to talk about that. Okay. And it's important that we pay attention that we Make sure that we see a line between both of them. So now, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign, there's your thrones, reign with him a thousand years. Why is this important? Look at this, the second death. People talk and they think that you're going to get to heaven and you're going to go in front of a judgment throne and you made it to heaven, but you didn't quite make it to stay and you're going to go to hell. That is not true. That is bad theology. This is breaking this down so that we get this. Let me tell you something. If you make it into the presence of God, you're there. Nobody can remove you from that place. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We need to understand that we have hope. In Jesus Christ our salvation is our guarantee now what does that mean not that we can't mess that up there's plenty of scriptures that back it up that we can mess it up but not on God's side of the house your salvation was bought with a price you were paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and I want you to hear me very clearly God does not remove your will when he saves your soul. If he did, then we would never sin again because he takes that will away from us. He would take that desire to sin from us. Let me tell you something. You can't spiritualize flesh. I don't care how hard you try. You cannot spiritualize flesh. If you could, flesh would make it to heaven. If you could spiritualize flesh, Moses would have been able to see God. But the Bible says that no flesh will enter into the presence of God. That's why we're quickened. That's why we're changed. Amen. I'm telling you the book. You can believe me, not believe me. Look it up and know it for yourself. Amen. Amen. Okay. I ain't got on nobody's toes yet. Y'all help me out here. Let's keep going. (laughs) let's keep going because I want you guys to see this okay as we go in I want you to understand that there is a rebellion that's coming and this is the part that I'm going to start challenging your thought processes on because it's been challenging me all night I hardly slept last night in and out in and out in and out 
But there's coming a time when the satanic rebellion will be crushed. And it's going to be like, wait a minute, Howie, you said that Satan is going to be in prison. He's held. But the word says for a time. And he's going to be released. And when he released, he is released, there's going to be a big fight. And we're going to get into that right now. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. Now, I want you to think about this with me just for a minute. I want to start setting setting the stage here. I want you to think about for a thousand years, there have been men and women on this planet. See, we think about everybody being gone right here, but they're not. It's not over yet. There's still another cycle that we have to go through before the final is completed. For a thousand years, there are going to be people that are present here. Now, I want you to think about this. Our country has only been a country for less than 300 years. So three times the amount of time that our country has been a nation plus is what we're looking at here. There's going to be a lot of things going on here. There is going to be a remnant of people. There is going to be a remnant of land. There's going to be a remnant of waters. There's going to be pieces of this. And people are going to learn how to fight through this. And they're going to overcome and they're going to retake and they're going to do all these kind of things. But they're not doing it in a godly way. Do you understand what I just said? The Bible says that God will rule the Jesus after he comes back on the white horse. Now, this is Armageddon has already passed, right? So you're thinking that's the only war we've got. It's not. We have Gog and Magog coming. There's another battle that's coming, okay? So this is the defeat that we go and we reign for a thousand years in heaven. That's the marriage supper of the Lamb is another thing that we refer to during that thousand-year period. When he comes back, the Bible says that Jesus rules the nations with a rod of iron. Now, what is it about iron? Why iron? There's a few things about iron. Number one, iron is cold. Iron is rigid. And iron is hard. And there is no mercy. There's no grace. There's nothing. Because think about this. The Spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Everything that has been going on on this world for a thousand years has been stories repeated about those who gave their lives, who did not take the mark. Now, there's no mark or nothing going on right here, but there's still knowledge of salvation. And there's going to be some people that are talking about this because the Bible says that he saw souls that were beheaded. So there's another remnant, there's another piece. So I want you to think about just the worst conditions you can possibly imagine, but people surviving in those and coming back and rebuilding and doing all these things and living and carrying on for another thousand years. Are you with me now? Okay, now watch this. After Satan is released, the Bible says, and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. Now, we know that there are people there. 
Because now we're talking about how many people we're talking about. It's like the sand of the sea. There's so many that will be present. Now, why is this important? Because now we're about to go into another battle. And watch this battle. Watch how this takes that place. Then they went up to the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. Now, what are we talking about the beloved city? We're talking about Jerusalem. So there are still people here because it calls them saints. You may not have looked at this this way, but the Bible is declaring itself and it's talking about what's going on. So the city of Jerusalem is still seen as a city of saints. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them when they came against them. Fire came down. Now, this is not us gathering an army together like we did in the beginning with Armageddon. This is God handling this business himself. This is the fire coming down from heaven. Now watch this. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and uh, see where the beast and the false prophet are. Now, that is a very important element right here in understanding this. So the beast and the false prophet are already in the lake of fire. Satan was not cast into the lake of fire. He was cast into a prison, into a holding place. You see now what we're talking about? This is starting to clear things, I hope, a little bit more up for you. And listen to what it says. And they will be tormented day and night forever. They will be tormented day and night forever. Let me tell you something. Hell is real. If heaven is real, hell is real. And we need to understand, for those that are in Christ, there is hope. I want to ask you a question before I go any further. And I am like, as the young folks used to say, I don't know that they still say this, but I'm going to get up in your grill on this one. How would you feel knowing that you had the ability to lead someone to Christ? In, this, in the next 12 months, if you had the ability to witness, share, talk, tell, however that works, and win somebody to Christ, how would that make you feel? Amazing. Now let me ask you this. Because you decide that you don't want to do that, that that's not your place. How would you feel in knowing that somebody went to hell because you didn't open your mouth? Me too, buddy. Bad. You see now what I'm saying? You see, there's two kinds of sins. There's a sin of omission, where we fail to do something that we're instructed to do, and the sin of commission, where we did something we were not supposed to do. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I am not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to get you to open your eyes so that you understand if you are sitting in this room or you are online today and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you don't open your mouth up and tell somebody about him, somebody's going to hell because you didn't do your part. Amen. Now that's the hard truth. The Bible says that that is our job to go and make disciples of all nations. 
That's our job. That's not my job specifically. It's our job as those who have been accepted by Christ and live under the bloodstained banner. Amen? Let's keep going. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, guys. I'm trying to set you on fire so that we can pull people out of the fire. Amen? Let's keep going. Because now we move into the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment. Listen to this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Now, why would it be that way? Because when God shows up, we think about God as as being kind of looking like father time. But we don't understand the fierceness of God the holiness of God, the pureness of God. When God is seen for what he is, nothing can stand up to it. When his glory is revealed and you stand in his presence, you will know it because I doubt you'll be able to stand. Have you ever been scared? Like, like bone shaking scared? Like, like really like, like trembling? If you've ever been like that, it's sometimes it's hard. I remember I had an incident with a family member and they were about to go to jail and they were playing it off like it wasn't a big deal. But I remember I was standing at the back of a tailgate on a truck and I remember saying to this person, you don't understand. They're about to take you away and there's nothing I can do about it. And I asked the man who owned the truck, can I sit down on your bumper? You see, what happens is when you get in a place where you have zero control, when you're in a place where there is nothing you can do about anything, it will break you. It will put you in a place to make you think. I'm praying that God will be merciful to us. And not allow us to be into that position to where we stand in account for those that we didn't speak to on his behalf. Amen. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. That's all I'm saying. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. Pay attention to this, guys. Books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Now, if we think that God is not keeping an account, if we think that we're missing things, that God's not going to catch it, God misses nothing. I want to tell you right now, I don't want this screen to fall down behind me and the video come on and you guys to see everything I've done in my entire life. I don't want you to see it. I'll be honest with you. I look at the grins on some of these faces and I don't want to see what you've been doing neither. How many of you would feel comfortable about me playing everything you've done since you've reached the age of accountability and run it on the screen for all of us to see? How would you like that? Some of you would be like, yeah, man, come on. But the truth of the matter is the shame would overwhelm us. Because we would be embarrassed and we would be in in a horrible shape. But everything 
is going to be spoken. That's why the blood is so important. Now listen to this. Then the sea, or the sea, gave up the dead who were in it. And the dead and Hades delivered up the dead who were judged in them. And they were judged, each one, according to his works. Now, listen to this. Because this is where it gets real. Now, they, these people that we're talking about now at the great white throne judgment is not the other judgment that's coming. There's another one that's coming for Christians. It's a whole other thing. We haven't got there yet, so slow down. But when we're looking at this piece, I want you to catch this. Because these people who were dead were dead in the flesh. They have been in the ground. Listen to this, what it says. Then the dead and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You see, this is the second time. This is the eternal death. And this is the one where everybody, everybody, the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. This is that part right now where people say that there's no God. People are agnostic. They're atheists. They're, they believe other religions. They believe other faiths. They do all these kind of things. And they think that they're not going to see God. They think they're not going to have to bow to God. They think this is not going to happen. I'm telling you, if you are breathing right now, it is going to happen. You can count on it. And anyone not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with CityGate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.